Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to PHLY Flyers presented by Mortgage CS. Check out MortgageCS.com slash PHLY to start your home buying process today. Company NMLS ID number 1464766. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of Funny Games of the Evening. (laughs) Joining me as always for this post game, it is the one and only JP Zapata. Charlie O'Connor will be here in a little bit. I can now take off the dog mask and return to being your director of fun and games. It's, <laughs> it's, it's getting easier to read. I've found like a hole in the mask that I can just look <laughs> through and make sure I could probably do this. I'm horrible at uh, memorizing lines. So like, yeah, it's like a two sentence thing that I've read a hundred times. I should no, it's not going to stick. But the company NMLS ID number, <laughs> I, I'm never going to memorize that. I would so I have to read it. And it's difficult through that mask where there's no real uh, yeah. no real eye holes or anything. Yeah, so check out mortgagecs.com slash PHLY. Do that. They sponsor each and every PHLY Flyers. And uh, especially big wins is when you should be uh, hitting up mortgagecs. But Absolutely. I am excited after tonight's win, a 4-1 oh, yeah, victory. Man over the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, Winnipeg dominated two periods of this game um, with about four and a half minutes left. JJ noted on the broadcast, there were games during the five-game losing streak prior to the All-Star break. The Flyers played better than they did tonight, but they got enough offense in the first period, three first-period goals. TK has the Gordie Howe hat trick and like four minutes of ice time. Uh, goal and assist in a fight. They get the uh, shorthanded goal to start the second period, and that was pretty much it. Sam Erson comes up five minutes short of a 120-minute uh, shutout of the Winnipeg Jets, a full-season shutout of the Jets. Short. But they give one up uh, with a little more than five minutes left in the game. So that was a bummer. Uh, but I'm really interested to talk to Charlie about the mood after this one. Yeah. You know, they, the Florida game, first game out of the break, 
they got their asses kicked in the first period, and it was the Sam Harrison show. That's mm-hmm. why they won the game. Tonight, great first period, nothing after that. I think they had seven shots on goal in the final 40 minutes of this game. Luckily, one of them won in, but it was another solid effort out of the goaltender to this time to close it out that wins them the game. Just what was your... Uh, what was your initial takeaway? First, biggest thing you thought of after watching 60 minutes of Flyers hockey tonight? Honestly, I thought of Charlie O'Connor. <laughs> because before we went into the break, what was Charlie telling us during the five-game losing streak? That this team may be suffering from, you know, just a little bit of, of fatigue. You know, it's a lot of games that they played. They've been working their ass off or early parts throughout the season. There's in, there may be some injuries in there as well. And just look at the difference that a break does, Bill. This team tonight and on on on, uh, on Tuesday against Florida, yes, you're right. Like, they didn't look perfect throughout, but you can clearly tell these guys look fresh. These guys have that extra step. These guys are, are, are fighting throughout the full three periods. So, honestly, I'm just noticing that the break really helped because this team looks like the team that we saw earlier parts of the year. And if that's the case, I don't know. Listen, (laughs) it's going to be funny because we're going to be like after some of those losses, we were still positive during that five game losing streak. And tonight, like when we get Charlie, I'm going to ask him some questions about like, oh, what was the mood like? Because I can't imagine the coach was happy with the final 40 minutes of this game. But you did just beat a Winnipeg Jets team team. that, yes, they were without Connor Hellebuck tonight. Right. Also. The Flyers never have their number one goalie, you know, like I, I, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Sam Harrison, but this was not the plan coming into the season. And it's Winnipeg came into tonight's game second in the West by points percentage, third in the NHL. They're behind only Vancouver in the West, Boston, in the East in total points percentage before tonight. But they had lost four straight and five out of seven. Uh, now it's five in a row and six of eight. So they're on a bit of a skid right now, but they're a really good team. Uh, They're adding at the deadline. They are trying to win a very tough division that includes Dallas and Colorado um, in anyone's top five teams in the league, probably, especially coming into the year. Charlie has Dallas winning the cup this year, (laughs) Colorado. We know how good they are. So this is kind of just hockey sometimes. Like sometimes you play well and lose. Sometimes you win four to one and it's like you lost 40 minutes of a 60 minute game, but they win where it matters on the scoreboard. I'm going to, I'm going to say, I take this one, you know, I'm absolutely going to take this one. Uh, And yeah, uh, like JJ said, they, they've played better games and lost than they win kind of convincingly based on the scoreboard tonight, but you beat a really good team. And the more this keeps happening, I mean, this is, you've beaten the Jets twice. You've beaten, you beat Florida to come out of the break. You've beaten Colorado this year. You've beaten Vegas this year. I know they had that skid. They got killed by Boston. Um, you know, the two MVPs of the league in, uh, in Nathan McKinnon and Nikita Kucherov beat the shit out of them going into the break. But they seem to play really well against yeah. really good teams, and that's a good sign. Yeah, one point I wanted to bring up, because obviously a big difference in this game is that, like you mentioned, no Halibach, Brassois was in, in that here today. But we mentioned it all, we are watching the, the game, like Winnipeg's defense is really good. Like, Brassois still has like a 923 save percentage. But the fly, this Flyers team tonight, like they were flying all throughout the night. And you even look at some of these goals, like that first one, when you had Paling and, and you had Forrester out beating everyone in the neutral zone to get that goal. Like that was pretty much the storyline of this game right there. And that's even the, uh, like that first goal. Initially I'm chalking it up to like, what the hell is Brassois doing? Okay. Well, this is what 
This is the advantage when Hellebuck isn't in net. But you see the replay, and like I see what he's thinking. Like goalies yeah. are afraid because teams. We've seen it against the Flyers. Like teams aren't afraid to take those kind of bad angles, short side shots, and see if they can get lucky. Yeah, Valori got caught looking. Yeah, and Brassois so. like seems like he's defending against that on the first goal, and Paling's able to send it out in front and uh, Forster slams at home. You got to finish your chances. Nice. It's a great chance, but really. They just beat the defense, like the, and it's uh, Gabe Velarde coming back. He's, I see what Brassad's thinking. Like, all right, Velarde is right next to Forster. He's going to tie him up. There's no way you this got pass, me, buddy, right? Yeah, like there's, there's no way this pass is getting through, <laughs> and he just kind of drifts away from the puck, and puck goes in. So that's, I don't even know if that one's really on the goalie as much as it is the team defense, yeah. and their team defense is good. So it's, I chalked that up to a good play for the Flyers, but. Where I want to start tonight is uh, is Travis Konechny, and I can't wait again to talk to Charlie because we're going to bring up the captaincy in a minute. Uh, but we've been talking a lot over the last week or two about the possibility of trading TK and really where he fits with where the team is and where they're going in the long term because everyone in the organization keeps telling us, yeah, we're enjoying what we're seeing right now and also – we're focused on the future. We are focused on this rebuild. And you right. got to believe a dude like TK would net you a hell of a return, especially being signed through next year at only five and a half million. He's got 24 goals on the season. There's still 30 games left, you know, but he means so much to this team. He does. I would hate to see him get away. And you see everything he brings in the first period, a goal and assist and a fight. And it wasn't just like, oh, okay, you know, a couple guys get tied up. Like, no, they were, they were interested in fighting. TK dropped his gloves and wanted to go. It was, right away. you just see everything he brings to this team. And I cannot imagine moving on from TK at this point. Well, we talk about like what we're trying to do right now in this rebuild. It's setting that culture. I mean, Bill, who better to set the culture than this, this guy, Travis Konechny? He's the guy. Literally. I mean, he is the guy for this team. Scores goals, does the dirty work, will fight if need be. He is who you want to follow if you're one of those guys in that locker room. He is uh, extension eligible on July 1st. Uh, you can sign an extension one year before your contract expires. That is uh, for him this offseason. Elliot Friedman's 32 Thoughts column came out uh, like last night at around 8.30, I think. They're trying to get the... Uh, they're trying to get all the work on this contract extension done so that on July 1st, are the Flyers probably going to be big players in free agency this year? I doubt it. It seems like there's going to be an announcement on July 1st about at least so. one guy. I and it's so. going to be Travis Konechny. And I don't know if it's the smartest move for the rebuild. It's but you need guys him, like him, man. That's If they're going to be good in two to three years, you know who they're going to be looking for if they don't re-sign TK. A dude exactly like him. Uh, he can play on your first or second line. He can be productive. He can carry a line in terms of the actual goal scoring. He's a rat out there. And tonight we see he's not just a rat. Oh, he'll go too. He was, everything. He landed everything. a couple punches. I was just so excited by the game he had tonight and the timeliness of it. Like, you know, 23 hours prior, Elliot Friedman is writing, oh yeah, they're going to resign this guy as soon as humanly possible. And he showed you every reason why tonight. Even I'm really excited here. about that. So I guess the question is, Bill, what happened during the All-Star game? This man comes back, two straight great <laughs> games. This man caught the McDavid's or something? <laughs> you know, I uh, TK going into the break was one of the guys I thought just really needed the reset. 
like he's banged up, he's tired, yeah. he's been running, whatever the situation may be, he needed the break. And now they got plenty of time with or without playing in the All-Star game. But I was like, God damn, like the one guy I don't need to see out there is TK. But, it, you know, it's the All-Star game. It's not like he's going to get hit or anything. You know? <laughs> like, and he has responded huge coming off that break. And like you said, the whole team has. Uh, whether it's the final two periods of uh, the game against Florida or tonight's first period, they are showing the energy and the work ethic of the team that put themselves in playoff position through the first 45 games of the season. Okay. All right. I, I, another question I do want, and I want to ask Charlie this as well, but Bill, like when do we start adding TK into some elite conversations here? Cause the numbers <sighs> are starting to speak for themselves. You know, he's got, he's got 24 goals through 30 games. There was a point in his career where he scored 24 goals, three straight seasons. Right. And it was like, all right, this is who he is. One of those years was, uh, I think, the third year of those was the COVID year, so it gets cut short. He would have had well over 30 probably. Sure. But you're looking like, okay, he's a mid-20s goal scorer. He's a real nice second-line player. Last year, he scores 31 in 60 games, and you go, what is the ceiling for this guy? And this year, he's already at that 24-goal mark that looked like might be his plateau at one point, and plenty of time left to add to that. you got to believe he's, he's going to get to like 35-ish at least. Man, I... I don't know if I can look at him. I mean, I can't call him an elite player the way, like, you know, we've watched recently Nathan McKinnon. We've watched Nikita Kucherov. Those guys. For sure, not better. There's only that. a limited supply of those dudes. <laughs> He's probably not one of them. But I, I look at the uh, Taylor Hall's MVP year, and was he the best player in the league that year? No. But he won the MVP because he was – by far the most important dude on a Devils team that did not belong in the playoffs otherwise, you know? And that's what I'm looking at with TK right now. It's gonna, like, he's not going to factor into the MVP voting. That's not going to happen. But you look at what he's doing for this team, and he is as important to the Flyers as any single guy is to any team yeah. in this league. Yeah, no, and it, the way this Flyers team plays, it's very much to, like, the demeanor of Travis connecting to I don't think he's obviously better than McDavid's Kucherov's of the world, but like he somehow is like teetering in that top 10 range. And with, with his play this year, and we're talking about contract extensions. And the thing is, Bill, like I don't even think that he's close to what his full potential is. I still think that there's more room for growth here. Uh, this, this team is exciting, especially if, if, if it can be surrounded around TK of some sort as well. It really, really is exciting. Uh, and if you want to see that excitement up close, you want to go check out a Flyers game. They have uh, two more home games coming up before they hit the road next week. I'm telling you, man, you should you should probably check out Game Time to do that. And uh, there's a lot going on at Game Time right now. I got to tell you, if you're heading to Vegas, you see the party going on there for the big game uh, on Sunday. It looks like a hell of a time right now. You're like, yeah, damn it, I'm doing it. Well, <laughs> great time to be a, uh, a user of the Game Time app. So you go to Vegas, you could always use a little extra cash. Well, they're here to give it to you. If you buy a big game ticket using code VEGAS100, V-E-G-A-S-100, you get $100 off your big game ticket. Who couldn't use an extra $100 when they're in <laughs> Vegas? But don't worry. Do not worry. If uh, maybe... Maybe you're, um, I'm not quite, I don't think I'm going to that big game out in Las Vegas. We still have you covered. Code PHLY gets you those 20 bucks off. And you know why I love the Game Time app. First and foremost, it's straightforward. You open it up, you find the event you want to go to, 
You don't have to click six times and then finally be on like, okay, well, now I'm ready to check out. Oh, here's a bunch of extra fees I wasn't planning on going. But in your head, you're like, well, I'm already going in my head. I'm going to spend it anyway. No. Game time tells you what the hell the ticket's actually going to cost right away. There's no silly mind games they're playing with you. That's That's game time. And... You know about that game time guarantee. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, they'll make up 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Right now, all game time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas100. Terms apply. Just download the game time app and use code VEGAS100 for $100 off a big game ticket or... If you're not going to the big game, use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I love the way you read ads because like you (laughs) give us these real life situations that like no one ever talks about because like I've been there before. I'm like, fuck. All right. Well, I'm going to go anyways. I'm just buying. Yeah. No, it's (laughs) in your head. You've already made the decision. And then I'm like. So, Ave, um, remember how I was like, it's, I'm going to this thing. It's going to be like 30 bucks. Yeah, it turns out it's like 75. So just write that into our budget. Like, what, the, the, the fee was more than the ticket? Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I'd already made up my mind. Literally. But that's never an issue with game time. Uh, let's get back to tonight's game now. Let's do it. Uh, TK was a huge part of it. Of really enjoying what he is becoming and... Very excited to see how the final 30 games of the season go for him. If he can stay hot, maybe get back on that 40-goal pace. Oh, yeah. Sam Harrison, though. Uh, first period of the Florida game, like I said, you can't win a game. In the, I guess you can. The Flyers won a game in the first period tonight. But they could have easily the, – the first game out of the break could have gone the way of the Boston game leading into the break where it's like, yeah, it's 3-4-0. Uh you lose. <laughs> that was not the case. He kept the minute in the first, and tonight he closes out the game. I go back to, it was January, I think, 13th. Sam mm-hmm. Harrison, 35 save shutout against the Jets. Uh, he stopped 19 of 19 through 40 minutes tonight. The Jets scored on the 25th shot of tonight's game. Harrison stopped 59 straight Winnipeg shots before they beat him. They beat him just the once. I have to imagine this kid's confidence is just growing by the day. You know, I don't think he's at 40 career starts yet. He has been absolutely tremendous for this team for basically the whole season. He had the slow start. Uh, His numbers dipped a little leading into the break, but honestly, no fault of his own, really. And tonight he comes out, plays another A game. It's hard not to be impressed with what you're seeing out of a dude who was supposed to be the backup this year. And another player who benefited from the break because, like you mentioned, in that losing streak, there were some goals where you're like, Ersi probably could have had that. The defense probably could have helped you out a little bit more. But this, I think right now, what you're seeing these two games is what Ers is. You're going to have opportunities where Ers is going to hold, keep you in the game or, in some cases, win you the game. And you just got to actually put some effort and help him out a little bit. So this to me is exactly what Eris is going is to be. And if that's the case, it, it, the sky's limit. But yes, confidence is brewing with him. Again, huge night against the Jets team, which, I mean, obviously we talk about it. It's, it is pretty dangerous. And they had some good opportunities, especially in that second Absolutely. Third period. Uh, even in the that first, blocker. like the shots weren't many, but every now and then the way the Flyers play, they're aggressive when they're at their best. They're attacking. When you attack... Sometimes there's going to be chances the other way, and that's just the world we live in. You need goaltending to come up big for you in those opportunities, and that's exactly what Arison's been doing the last couple of nights. I uh, we, We've been talking about his workload a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
last year he had, I think it was four, uh, 52 total appearances. Now, I did have someone when we talked about his workload uh, on yesterday's show, someone hit me up and was like, you know, he did seem to wear down at the end of the year with the Phantoms last year. And that's true to some extent. Also, the Phantoms stunk, especially defensively. And when he came up to the Flyers outside of his final game of the year where they were just like, yeah, you're staying in. Sorry, we gave up seven goals. We played like shit in front of you. You got lit up. Not really your fault. Like he played pretty damn well last year after being worn down. As long as he's going to, you know, the coaching staff and saying, no, I'm good. I'm not tired. Nothing bothering me. Don't have a little groin tightness or anything. I think you just got to keep running him out there. The the schedule for the for these final 30 games isn't the most taxing thing you've ever seen. They have three back-to-backs. Only one of those three back-to-backs is actually a three and four when yeah. you go like, all right, well, this is this is a lot. Like, they have a very... They sprinted to those first 50 games of the season. Now the final 30, 32 are pretty well spread out. I think you could see him start like 25 or more of these final, uh, you know, 30 games left. I'm excited to see what the kid has. I yeah. I think he might... This situation with Carter Hart is fucked up for so many reasons. It is, however, an opportunity for Sam Harrison to show he's more than what the plan was. It looks like it's working out for him right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'd be lying if I told you if I'm, I'm not concerned about the wear and tear throughout the season. Certainly. The amount he's playing. I will say, though, we are exactly a month away. Obviously, we had a crazy NBA trade deadline. Hopefully, we don't have a crazy one for the NHL and the Flyers. But we are a month away from that. I am curious to see how much we will see of Cal Peterson uh, and see if the Flyers do decide to roll with him as a backer for the rest of the year because that is important. I mean, yeah, Ayers is someone who definitely wants to get every start. And, of course, you want to roll him out there. But, of course, you do want to keep in mind that, that, that we do need to find out as well what Cal Peterson is too. That's And I... At least, you know, like what they do in net for the final, you know, from from March 9th through the end, through mid April when the season ends, might just depend on how much action they actually have at the trade right. deadline. Like if they sell half the team, it, like there's no reason to run Airson out there and just be like, well, we're gonna run you into the ground. Uh, but if it's only okay, it's gonna be Sean Walker, maybe one or two other guys. We're still trying to make the playoffs though. It's going to be Airson. Like It's going to continue that workload, but we have a month to get there, so we'll see how this next month goes. And now it is time to welcome in Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter. It is live from the Wells Fargo Center, Charlie O'Connor. Uh, Charlie, how are you tonight? Eh, doing okay. The first period was great. Just dealt with a very <laughs> angry John Tortorella despite a 4-1 uh, to one victory, so that happened. Uh, no, that's I was wondering, like uh, with uh, I said to start the show with like four and a half minutes left in the game on the broadcast, JJ says, you know, the Flyers are going to win, but we saw games during that five game losing streak in which they played considerably better than they did, especially over the final 40 minutes tonight. And I wanted to know like what the mood was like, especially of the coach, but also in the locker room. They weren't very good after the first period tonight. How was everyone feeling with a 4-1 win that wasn't all that pretty? Well, you had a couple players, definitely. I think it was Travis Konechny and Scott Lawton in particular. 
said after the game that, you know, we need to be better than we were in the first, in the final two periods. They brought it up kind of unprompted, uh, which probably should have been a telltale sign that they probably got reamed out by Jean Tortorella in the locker room after the game uh, for the way the team played the uh, the final 40 minutes. Uh, but I guess I wasn't expecting a, a vintage 62nd John Tortorella postgame presser after a oh. four to one victory. But we, we got. I mean, we, we got some some one word answers. The first question was, what did you see over the final two periods? And John Tordrell did not really even say a word. He just held up a hand zero. So he was very, very unhappy uh, about the way they played this game. And look, I'm not going to say they played a perfect game by any means. That said, when you go up, you know, three, nothing four nothing that early. I think it's natural for a team to to take their foot off the gas a little bit, especially when Winnipeg was giving so little in that first period. Like Winnipeg did not show up to play this game. They looked horrible. They were a mess. And I think the Flyers maybe just coasted a little bit. And I get why John Tortorella was so angry because that's the last thing he wants this team doing. It's the last kind of habit he wants them falling into. I was just a little surprised that he was that ticked off about a four to one win. Do you think this was now they have you know, eight shots on goal for the final 40 minutes. Like that's, that's not enough. No matter what the score is, you want to play. I, I, it's hard not to go into prevent defense. I understand when you have a three, four goal lead, but like whole lot of hockey left after they score that fourth goal. And sure. they didn't seem all that interested in adding on. Do you think this was just a case of score effect or was it the flyers just ran out of gas after such a strong first period? Like what the hell happened? I mean, score effects are very clearly part of this. Yeah. It's, it, it, you know, you you do naturally fall back a little bit. The other team takes more risks, but clearly, John Tortorella does not think that score effects were the primary reason for the fact that the team sat back in the in the second and third. To him, it was, you know, symptomatic of a deeper problem. And to me, this is more just towards being a little theatrical, and him looking at. You know, I don't want the team to think that this game, despite the score, that this game was acceptable because for 20 minutes, it was acceptable for the other 40. It was not. And they're not going to win many games if they play the way they did over the final 40. I, I think that's more or less the point he was trying to make. And he probably came off as something of a dick, not just <laughs> to the media, but but to the players after this game. But that was intentional because he doesn't want them to start even even subconsciously thinking that this 60 minute effort is enough to win a lot of games. Well, I, I got to believe you appreciated that, Charlie, you know, process over results, right? Like this is this is how you would act if you were the coach of a team that won four one but didn't look great. So, uh, yeah, you and John Tortorella, you're just you're meshing more each and every day <laughs> that you cover this team. Uh, I have to ask now about Travis Konechny's game tonight, uh, especially that. I mean, he gets four minutes of ice time, I think, in the first period records a Gordie Howe hat trick. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen that before, but uh, last night. Around like eight, nine o'clock, I think, uh, Elliot Friedman puts out the 32 thoughts. And in it, he mentions, yeah, TK can't sign an extension till July 1st, but they're going to have all the pre work done. And it's almost, I won't say a foregone conclusion, but the Flyers are going to do everything they can on July 1st to make the announcement that Travis Konechny is here uh, beyond next season. I got to ask you, Chuck, if that happens do you believe not only does they do they sign a contract but they sew a c on his sweater oh god i'm <laughs> really going with this i i don't know that's really just going to depend on what john turner thinks because they are giving him 
you know, full power to decide uh, the the way the leadership course should be structured. That said, I asked multiple players. I asked uh, Scott Lawton, who is, you know, the de facto team captain, you know, if the rest of the team looks to Travis Konechny as kind of the energy catalyst. And he more or less said, yeah, you know, he really since he's taken the leap as a player, Lawton said that he has been the driver of this team and he's been their best player for for a little bit here. And. I, I don't know. Look, I, I know everybody obsesses over the captaincy. It, it honestly annoys me because I don't think it's nearly as big of a deal as people make it out to be. That said, it does matter to the players. I'm sure Travis Konechny would love wearing the C. I don't think it necessarily has to be him. I think at some point he's absolutely going to have a letter. I think that he is very much a team leader, whether it's an A or the C. To me, that doesn't matter that much. I know it matters to a lot of people. But the one thing I can't deny is that he is absolutely one of the key leaders of this team. And he is, you know, definitely their best player. But he's also the guy who is more more and more often the one who's bringing people into the fight, which is the sign of a leader. Now, Charlie, if if but if we don't have someone with the C on the sweater, who do we blame for losses then? Exactly, which is why I am totally fine with them not having anyone with the C, so then fans don't get irrationally angry at one person. Well, Charlie, it's good seeing you. I, I started off um, today's post game by, by giving you props because during the losing streak, one thing you were adamant about was that this team is in dire needs of the break. And in these two games, you can clearly tell that that break was much needed because they look so much better, Charlie. Yeah, they do. I mean, especially in the first period, I, I think they played, you know, the obviously the first period against Florida wasn't great. Then the final two periods I thought were fantastic. And then the first period uh, tonight was, again, fantastic. Like, I don't think Winnipeg was ready to play this game, but I don't want to take away from what the Flyers did. The, Winnipeg was not ready to play. The Flyers were extremely ready to play. And what you saw was what happens when that combination hits on the ice in an NHL game. One team leaves the uh, leaves the intermission or leaves the, the ice to go off the intermission up three nothing. Those three periods out of the six, they've played really, really well. Do I think they have another level beyond the shore? Because they could have done this in six of six periods rather than three of six periods. But I do think that there were there are some key guys in particular that really look refreshed. I think Travis Konechny, top of the list, he looks like a totally different guy than the guy he was in those, you know, even dating back to before the five game losing streak. I thought during the five game winning streak, he wasn't even one of their best players. He his game had started to tail off. He just looks healthy. He looks he looks like he has jump. He's skating better. He's he's attacking more. So I think he really benefited from it. I think Noah Cates benefited from it. He almost had another goal tonight. It just seems like he had he had a good reset. Sam Harrison, I think, was maybe able to, you know, just put himself in the frame of mind that I'm the guy. It wasn't as thrown upon him as it seemed to be, you know, after obviously everything with regards to Carter Hart. He was able to get a week to, to kind of get himself in the mentality of I am now the number one of this team. I have to step up. And he just seems like tonight, I mean, Travis Konechny is going to be my first star, but Sam Harrison very well could have been. He was great too. Like in the final 40 minutes, he was the Flyers best player by a significant margin. So I do think that the break has helped. That said, I'm not going to give them too much credit just as I wasn't burying them when they were in the midst of the five game losing streak. I'm not going to put them on a pedestal after this two game winning streak because I think they've only had three out of six really good periods. But I do think the break has very clearly helped this team without a doubt, given, especially given the teams they've beaten. I mean, Florida and Winnipeg are good teams. Charlie, I can't believe you just made the mistake you've made. It is not a two game winning streak. Lou Brown clearly told us 
it's two in a row. Three is a winning streak, but I'll let it go because, you know, you, you've been working hard. Uh, but you It has happened team, before. You mentioned the teams that they've uh, – it has happened before. You, you've, uh, you mentioned the teams that they've beaten. And, you know, they, they beat Florida despite the bad first period. They killed them for the final 40 the other night. Uh, that's a great team. Coming into tonight, Winnipeg, despite having lost four straight before – they're still second in the West by points percentage, third in the NHL overall by points percentage. We made note earlier this week about some of the teams they've beaten. They've beaten Colorado. They've beaten Carolina. They've beaten Vancouver twice. They've beaten Edmonton. Outside of that five-game losing streak, they've played really well against some really good teams. What do you? How do you account for that? Like, I know we don't believe even if they get in the playoffs, they have much chance of making noise, but... They just keep beating good teams. Yeah, I, I think when they're when their top players are playing very well, they can play with anybody because that's the thing. You know, we talked about it all year. We've talked about it ad nauseum. Really, is just that the big flaw with this team is their lack of high end talent. The thing is, is that when when Travis Konechny outplays Mark Scheifele and Kyle Connor, that's not as big of an issue. When Sean Couturier looks like Sean Couturier can shut down the top line, that's not that big of an issue. It's just they need their guys. They need. Konechny, Couturier, Sanheim, Tippett, they need those guys to look like high-end guys. Now, I don't think they are on the level of, you know, the the McKinnons, the Kucherovs, the Pasternaks that were tearing the Flyers up over that five-game losing streak. But in individual games, they can deliver really, really strong performances. And I think what you're seeing over these last couple games is that a guy like Konechny, has kicked it back up into that top gear. Sean Couturier looks more like himself. I know he really hasn't been too involved offensively, but he doesn't look like he's outmatched like he did in those final few games before the break. I think that's really the key here is if the Flyers are going to keep playing what I believe is a little bit over their heads, it's going to have to be due to the top end guys performing maybe better than I think they are. And the longer they keep doing that, the, the the more I'm going to think maybe they are actually that good. But uh, but I think that's really the key here is the, the reason why they got destroyed by, you know, by Boston, by Colorado, by Tampa and got torn up, you know, in terms of allowing goals to those guys is because the Flyers top end guys didn't match them tonight. The Flyers top end guys matched them and Travis Konechny outplayed them all, at least in the first period. Hey, Charlie, I don't know if you had anything, but um, I noticed Jamie Drysdale kind of sh- uh, slow getting off the ice there. Uh, when Dylan DeMillo tripped him in the third period. Any any word on in that, if he's fine or not? No, I, I mean, I didn't notice anything that was terribly concerning. The one thing that was interesting, um, and I was planning to ask John Tortorella this, but given oh. the fact that he wasn't giving anything more than three-word <laughs> answers, um, it really wasn't even worth it. I'll probably ask him tomorrow. Uh, Cam Atkinson was benched the entire third period. Uh, he uh, mm-hmm. he got a shift in uh, with about five minutes to go, uh, took an icing, and then he didn't see the ice the rest of the game and was taking on that Joel Farabee role of opening and closing the bench door for everybody throughout the entirety of the third period. So um, it probably speaks to the frustration that John Tortorella had with the team that he believes that the team had a lot more to give in those final two periods. And he sat Cam Atkinson to try to send a message. And maybe he was frustrated that that message, at least in his mind, wasn't received as well as he wanted it to be, given the status of the guy he sat in Cam Atkinson. But no, I, I think Drysdale's probably fine. Uh, sure. The Atkinson benching, though, little interesting, not going to lie. Certainly is. He was one of the guys like... 
pregame when I'm just putting the outline together. I'm like, you know, we've been talking on and off about Atkinson. He scored a little more, but just hasn't really looked like himself. And I did find myself on cap friendly this afternoon. Like, what does a buyout look like? You know, <laughs> it's it just hasn't been going great for Cam Atkinson. It's definitely something to keep an eye on when uh, he was scratched a couple of weeks ago. Um, John Tortorella said, I have too much respect for this player to let him keep going down this road. And maybe that's kind of what the benching is. Like, I'm not going to let you look like shit out there because I respect you. But at a certain yeah. point, you're going to have to figure something out with Cam Atkinson. Some guy who uh, is getting a little bit more playing time than I think a lot of us expected coming into this year, Charlie. Ryan Paling scores the big shorthanded goal to put the uh, team up 4 nothing early in the second. One of the few, uh, you know, final 40 shots they yeah, actually right. had on goal. It goes in. Torts didn't say much post-game, but in his, like, post-practice press conference today, a considerable amount of time was spent discussing Ryan Paling. He has a goal and an assist tonight. What are you seeing out of Paling right now? He's playing well. I still am of the opinion that he's ideally not a top nine forward. I think he's a fourth liner, but he can be a darn good fourth liner. I think, and this is actually going to be um, in a piece I'm working on for tomorrow. Um, you know, partially a game story, but a lot on Scott Lawton because I had a chance to talk with Scott after practice today, talk to him about the trade rumors and whatnot. And I do think that Ryan Paling's emergence as a quality not even I wouldn't say he's a quality top nine forward, but he's a quality every night NHL forward. I think that it does make Scott Lawton a little bit less essential. And I think on some level, Scott Lawton probably realizes that because Paling more or less, you can sort of play the same role. Now, I think in terms of true talent right now, I know Lawton's having a bad year. I think Scott Lawton is still the better player. However, Lawton is older. Ryan Paling presumably could still get a bit better. I mean, Scott Lawton got better in his mid to late 20s, too. So I, I just think that, that Paling's emergence as a quality player, he plays faster than Scott Lawton because he's a better skater. Not that Lawton's slow, but Paling is legitimately quick. I just think that Paling is, if these trade rumors with Lawton do ultimately pan out and somebody coughs up a first-round pick for him at the deadline or maybe they move him in the offseason— I have to believe that the emergence of Paling as someone who could theoretically play Lawton's role, it, it's probably a significant part of it. Charlie, um, I wanted to ask about uh, the home record. Obviously, here in Philly, you know, we take pride in home, field home, court home, ice advantage. Uh, they're clearly a better team on the road. They're now 12-12-2 at home now. Uh, for you, do you make anything of the record at home or anything that they can improve upon at home? Not really, to be honest with you. I think it's probably fair to say that you know, at least until the most recent little stretch, I guess over the last three, it's not like these home crowds were all that good. So they might not have been getting that big of a boost from the home crowd when there's 5,000 seats empty. Uh, obviously, that's changed over the last month. I know their most recent little uh, stand, if you want to call it that, uh, before the uh, the All-Star break, they obviously lost a lot of games. I just think that was them being exhausted. I don't think that was because they weren't taking advantage of the home ice. I'm generally not a person who, who puts all that much stock in uh, in home versus road splits. I, I never really have been. Look, they want to be better at home. I'm sure they want to win more games with their home crowd, to be sure. But I, it's hard for me to point to one thing 
as an explanation. You know, maybe there are some games they don't come out with, uh, you know, they come out with a little bit too much energy because they're trying to impress the crowd. Maybe there's other games on the road where they feel like their backs are up against the wall, so they play harder. I don't know. But this is all just me, like, theorizing about bullshit. To me, that's the bulk of home road splits is just us coming up with theories that, like, sound good, like, in a, in a, on a television show or on the radio and in analysis, but in reality, we have no evidence for any of it, which is why I tend to try to avoid it. They should win more home games. They won this game, but it's not something I'm going to dwell on too much. All right, Charlie, uh, we're getting a little bit of microphone interference, so let's see if we can get into your uh, three stars of the game, and then I'll let you go. Let's lead it off with star number three. Sure. Star number three is Ryan Palin, who we just talked about. But uh, big shorthanded goal, obviously, the Flyers. PK has been fantastic at creating chances. Uh, Palin sets up the Tyson Forster goal to kick everything off in the first with a really good pass and also really good speed coming into the zone uh, using that that high end, uh, high end speed of his. So Paling, I think, just had an all-around solid game, ended up finishing third in uh, in ice time. Tortorella even gave him a look on a five-on-three, which Paling laughed about after the game and said, yeah, I wasn't expecting that, but hey, I'll take it. They almost scored on it, so he almost was able to uh, to maybe earn himself another look on a five-on-three. But uh, I think Paling had a strong game. Obviously, everybody was best in the first period, at least all the skaters, but Paling was the only guy to do anything of real note. Uh, in the final 40 minutes and for that at the very least I will give him the third star yeah I was I was really really uh into that mid to late third period five on three power play unit of palings Mula, Cates, Tippett, and York that was fun uh and they also had the best power play chance of the game for the Flyers so what the hell you know uh let's go to star number two Star number two is Sam Erson, the starting goalie, the Flyers' best player over the final 40 minutes of the game. Uh, 29, 29 shots, 28 saves. We're looking at a 966 save percentage. I would say he has completely shaken off uh, what was a uh, moderately underwhelming close uh, to that pre-All-Star break section of the schedule for him. I just think that he is he's on point. I don't think he was ever playing terribly during that run. Uh, that five game losing streak. But I do think that he gave up some weak goals and it just seems like he solidified himself and at the perfect time, given the fact that he is now the Flyers number one goalie. I'm not even going to say de facto number one goalie. He is their number one goalie. He will probably be their number one goalie the rest of the season as long as he stays healthy. And so far out of the break, he's doing exactly what you want a number one goalie to do. He's he's holding down the fort. Let's close it out with star number one. I mean, how could I give it to anybody else other than the guy who got the Gordie Howe hat trick the first period? It's it's Travis Konecki, and maybe he didn't play his best hockey over the final 40, but you know he was able to squeeze a game's worth of impact into, I think, like four minutes of ice time, which is wild. Look, Konecki is the flyer. Everybody knows that he is their impact guy. And uh, and he took over that first period. You know, he, he obviously, you know, fights Neil Pionk. I think he won that fight. Uh, juices up the the guys on the bench without a doubt. They, you know, I think Ryan Paling said after the game he didn't really even know that Travis Konechny could fight, so that was a uh, that was news to him. But uh, but Konechny kind of did it all in the first period. He was the catalyst, and uh, they did they coast after the first twenty. Yeah, I would say they did, but they were able to coast because Travis Konechny was just that damn close. So Travis Konechny, first star, down and down. All right, Charlie. Uh, thank you very much. We will be back with Charlie O'Connor after Saturday's game. So look forward to that. Uh, I will talk to you then, Charlie.
All right. Thanks, Sounds Charlie. Thanks, All right. Uh, that was Charlie O'Connor. And thank you very much for uh, hanging with us through the mic, the ongoing microphone issues that continue to plague the post game show and Charlie O'Connor's live hits. I apologize for the, uh, the interference. We are going to get this worked out at some point. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get it figured out at some point or another. I know it was early in the season. We just couldn't get him connected, and then it was good for a while. Now we're having some sort of microphone issue with Charlie, but we're gonna get this worked out. And thank you all for uh, hanging with us. But Thanks, let guys. me let me take a second to tell you about Philly Sports Trips. That's right. We are off to Clearwater with Philly Sports Trips for our very first PHLY spring training. Takeover. There is a whole lot on in store for everyone who books this trip through PHLY. It's all PHLY.com slash events to book your trip. Uh, first and foremost, you get to hang out with Philly's legendary manager, the all-time winningest manager in Philly's history, Charlie Manuel. He is going to be a part of this. Uh, the entire experience is planned out for you uh, from the flights to hotels, game tickets and transportations, and... It's over St. Patty's Day. That's right. Oh, this God. trip uh, takes place over St. Patrick's Day. I'm trying to find the exact dates, and it's like not right that in front of me. Awesome. Here it is, March 13th to the 18th. So on March 17th, as part of this trip, send, spend St. Patty's Day on a private yacht with catered dinner and drinks. That's all part of it. It's going to be an absolute blast. Uh, so be on the lookout for even more events throughout the year with Philly Sports Trips. But you're going to want to get in on this one for spring training. We know Hope Springs Eternal. Uh, it's going to be really, really fun. So uh, our trip, March 13th to the 18th. Don't wait to book. Get in now. Head to allphly.com slash events to learn more and book your trip. Uh, a couple more things before we wrap up tonight's show. Wanted to get into uh, with Charlie. Maybe we'll get a chance on Saturday. We'll see if Rasmus Ristolainen mm. remains sick. Uh, now, I'm putting sick in quotes Mostly as a joke, because a lot of areas of this Flyers organization that have turned over, I am giving the benefit of the doubt to, but I will not, uh, they just have to, more time has to pass before I actually trust the injury reporting and the reasons <laughs> guys miss games, how long they're going to be out, whatever. But as of right now, I mean, like, it doesn't seem as if he's sick. It just seems, or it does seem as if he's probably just sick, but... It is a little bit interesting timing with all of a sudden, you know, for a while there, it was, all right, it's going to be C it's going to be Walker definitely traded. They want to re-sign Sealer, but we'll see Morgan Frost's names out there. Scott Lawton's names out there. We've heard TK, but it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. Risto is popping up again in the, uh, in the trade rumors, there's teams like Toronto attached, right. Edmonton attached, even Vancouver, which I want to see him personally go to Vancouver because they already have Tyler Myers. They traded for Nikita Zadorov, adding Rasmus Ristolainen. I don't know this to be a fact, but I have to believe that's the tallest decor ever oh assembled. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, you see sometimes... As the trade deadline approaches, and is still a month away, but his name's popping up, and they're actually like, okay, these teams have inquired. You protect a guy from injury by not playing him. Do you think there might be a little something to that? Uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the talent is there for a team to, to, to 
come here and propose a trade for for Versa Linen, but you mentioned it like the contract makes it extremely difficult. Um, I'm curious to see who does go first as far as it's because you do, like you mentioned, it's Walker, it's Sealer, it's Risto, these three that you're just questioning whether they will be here past the deadline. I want to I want to believe that Walker is going to be the guy that for sure will be gone. But Risto does make it interesting. And of course, you do have to thank Chuck Fletcher for giving him that great contract that makes it so <laughs> easy to move him out of here. Yeah. But uh, now Risto to me, it, it, I would obviously love to keep him past this year. I think he's done a great job of developing under John Tortorella. He's he's loving Philly as well. He's looked much better since coming here from Buffalo. But it's it contract is going to make it really difficult, Bill. It was it, it was interesting to see. I just looked at uh, Mark Stahl's game logs. Mark Stahl comes oh in God. tonight. That was fun. He has not played since January 13th against these Winnipeg Jets. Was his last time in the lineup. Uh, he comes in tonight. Plays 13 minutes and 12 seconds. He is once again clearly... Well, he and uh, Zamula kind of played similar uh, minutes tonight. But basically, he's the seven in the seven-man rotation again when he does actually draw in. He is. Uh, he and Zamula are the only minus defenders tonight. They're on the ice for, uh, for Winnipeg's only goal. I got to tell you, though, I didn't, think Mark, I didn't think Mark Stahl was all that bad. I can't imagine a team's going to give you anything substantial for him he doesn't, the Flyers play seven defensemen on a regular basis and he ain't one of them. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine a team with like, oh yeah, we're going to try to win a cup and we're going to do it by giving you a first round pick for much. Like that's not going to happen. But if a team's looking to add depth, you could do a lot worse than veteran Mark Stahl. I thought he was decent enough tonight. You have to expect that you can get something from him for a guy who's been in this league forever. And he's been a big part of the culture here too, especially with the young defensive that we've had. But you plug him in there, his seventh defense, sixth, seventh defenseman. I, I just don't see why not. But I, I do think that more than likely he will stay in Philly, um, especially if, you know, what let's say two of the three do get traded in, in some weird way. Sealer and Walker get traded. You have Mark Stahl there for some depth. I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. It will be interesting to see how this plays out. You know, they have a lot of questions. They have guys in the, in the AHL. You know, Emil Andre made the team out of camp, they gave him a shot. Not ready, but he got his toes wet, and you have to believe him uh, making the team means at least the coach believes in him. Right. And you have Ronnie Adder down there. There's a couple of guys who are kind of close. Adam Jinning has had his cup of coffee in the NHL before. It's, yeah, there's there's a number of dudes who might be worth a call-up. It's not bad, though. We'll see how many defensemen they end up moving, but it could be somewhere between one and four. Like <laughs> it might be all of them. It might just be might just be uh Sean Walker. We'll see. Someone I wanted to talk to Charlie about, but we didn't get the opportunity. He mentioned him briefly when talking about Ryan Paling. Scott Lawton. Um another terrible. Scott Lawton penalty. is a good hockey player. Yeah. He has not been one this year. No. And with the emergence of Ryan Paling, now I don't know if I'll ever trust him, like Charlie said, to play the up-in-the-lineup minutes that sometimes Lawton has been trusted with. But he has a lot of tools. Clearly a good penalty killer. He can play wing and center for you. Uh, Has shown some signs of offense. He's a tremendous skater. Scott Lawton, to me, has gone from, yeah, you should probably just keep him because what's, you know, to we should try to get something for Scott Lawton now. It's... He has worked himself into, and maybe you're selling low and you don't get the first round pick that you could have got for him at the draft and over the summer. Sometimes tough shit. You, you just trade a guy 
maybe he's someone with a change of scenery, could refine the form he had. It's just not going well for him this year, though. Just really curious what the value is at this point because yeah. we all know he does everything on the ice. We all know he's a, a veteran leader and that any locker room would love in this league. But, dude, these penalties, it's like, what are what is it you're thinking? Like, here tonight, that tripping call. It's just undisciplined. It, like, it's just not being focused enough. And But that's when, never been Scott's No, And that's the when you are... The only guy wearing a letter. You're the de facto leader of the team because of that. You're being paid three million bucks, and the only reason they didn't trade you for a first round pick is because you're the culture setter. You can't be the undisciplined one, and that's just like, sorry, man. You, the way it's no matter what on a high stick. Well, guess what? You need to be in control of your stick, bro. You need to be in control of where your fucking feet are. Like, uh, don't trip the guy. All you had to do was, to, and they killed a penalty, and it's not the biggest deal in the world, but it's, it's these little things that just keep adding up, and little things have been Scott Lawton's game. Yes, he scored 18 goals last year. He's not an 18-goal scorer. Like, that's not who he is, and nobody trading for him was like, oh, we're going to get 15, 18 goals out of Scott Lawton. No, you're going to get 12 if you're lucky. But it's the little things that you want from him. The aggression, yes, but the not going to fuck up part. That's huge out of a bottom-of-the-lineup guy. Won't make mistakes. He's just making dumb mistakes right now. And that's why I'm just wondering what that value exactly is for a guy like Scott Long because you talk about a veteran leader with a letter on his sweater, but he's out here looking like Luis from the Mighty Ducks. Can't even, doesn't know how to just, break. Just stop. <laughs> just don't run straight into the guy. I, I really just don't understand what he was thinking there. Uh, tomorrow we are off here at PHLY Flyers. We will be back for Saturday's game, though, so uh, make sure you are here for post game for that. Hopefully, Charlie's mic issues are worked out. But JP and I will be here if That's nothing right. else. So uh, we are looking forward to that. Do you have, have anything fun. else tonight, JP? No, nah, this was listen. I, I know this wasn't a, a perfect game. Uh, they, you got to finish these games out. But these guys have a two game streak. Uh, not a winning streak, from what I've learned. Two here in a row. A two winning row. streak starts at three. You got two in a row here. So I, I want to see how – we wanted to see how these guys would respond from the break. And so far through these first two tests, look good. But you want to see them now in this third game here that we're going to watch here on Saturday, have them finish a complete game, all three periods, and win convincingly because I don't want Charlie to have a 60-second presser. No, come I need more info, that. man. I need more John Tortorella. There's very little chance of him saying something really entertaining. Right. If The longer you have him up there – the better chance he has to say something ridiculous and ridiculous John Tortorella quotes are what we're all here for win or lose. I will say like, yeah, grand scheme. You want to see them play well more than just like, okay, well, a win's a win. I guess we get away with that one. We saw how that went for the Eagles. And I was like, well, they won. They didn't play well. And then like down the stretch, it was like, well, yeah, when you play like shit, you lose. Usually yeah. we saw that happen. But to me right now, winning games is imperative because it keeps them in the this is meaningful part of the season. Like yep. the longer they can play meaningful games, I want to see them make the playoffs. Same. Badly want to see them make the playoffs. But the most important thing is that March and April aren't exhibition games. Yeah. It's not like, well, eh, we're just playing because the rules say you have to play all 82. That's right. Yeah, like I just want to see how these players that we're watching so intently respond. 
when they're in a playoff race, when they're playing these really meaningful games, is Owen Tippett going to ascend to that next level? Can TK keep playing this way? Will Jamie Drysdale emerge as this team's number one defenseman? Just can Sam Erson be the backstop of a playoff-bound team? Like, these are all so many things we won't find out if they just lose games like this. So I'm happy they won, and it keeps the meaningful games going and I just hope uh Saturday against Seattle man I I really want to beat beat Dave Haxtall like I just hate losing to that guy so they have Seattle on a Saturday we'll be back for that but that is all the time we have for you on PHLY Flyers tonight thank you all for listening thank you for hanging out tonight's show presented by Mortgage CS check out mortgagecs.com slash PHLY to start your home buying process today company NMLS ID number 1464766 make sure you're following us right here on YouTube set your reminders never miss a live show follow us on Twitter at PHLY underscore flyers and PHLY flyers wherever there are podcasts my name is Bill Matz for JP for Charlie have a great weekend Philly Silly like the mayor.